This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Giants fans, if you're headed to the game, feel free to call in. We're talking Giants right now at 800-919-3776. Real quick, for those who still care about baseball, so the Yankees right now are being no hit going into the bottom of the ninth inning. Yet the score is 0-0. Why? Because Garrett Cole is incredible, as him and Corbin Burns are going at it right now on uh, you know, in what's been an epic pitching duel. Cole today, seven innings, no earned runs allowed, only three hits and nine strikeouts. He's got over 200 strikeouts again this year. He should win the Cy Young in the American League. And for the Brewers, I mean, Corbin Burns went eight innings. He's finally out of the game with a no-hitter. I mean, it's peak Yankees. They don't hit. And it's only the only reason why it's 0-0 is the Yankees are trying to avoid getting swept against Milwaukee is because Garrett Cole is superhuman. But this lineup is just terrible. Terrible. It was, it was, you know, it was fun for a little bit with the kids being called up, but Dominguez is not even in the lineup today. You got Kiner Falefa batting fifth. I mean, I, I really don't want to do a whole lot of baseball talk on the first NFL Sunday of the year, but, I mean, as a, as a Yankee fan, it's just, what else is new? They don't hit, and Garrett Cole gets no run support. Brutal. I mean, Garrett Cole's got a 2.79 ERA. He should have 20 wins this year. But the Yankees don't hit for him. We'll see if the Yankees are going to actually get a hit today as I think we're going to extra innings. We are now going to extra innings with the score tied 0-0. So the Yankees do not have a hit through nine innings against Milwaukee. Wonderful. Uh, I'll say this as a Yankee fan. I think Met fans out there in the car right now would agree. The baseball season ended when the Jets and Giants reported the training camp. That's how I feel. And we'll talk about the Giants right now. Because I look at this game tonight, and I'll say what I've been saying for a while now when it comes to the Giants. If not now, then when for them to beat the Dallas Cowboys, right? What, what has been the theme for the Giants this offseason? Close the gap. I've heard Barkley say that. I've heard Daniel Jones say that. I've heard Joe Shane, the general manager, reference that. Brian Dable, the coach of the year, say exactly that. Close the gap on the teams in front of them in the NFC East. Dallas, the team they played tonight. The Eagles, a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. Giants were a playoff team last year. That was a great year. No one saw that coming. No one had the New York Giants going 9-7-1 and winning a playoff game going all the way to the divisional round. But then what happened? You were not competitive against Philadelphia. So how do the New York Giants go out there? And how do they build on what they did last year? The only way to do that is to beat the teams in front of you in your own division. And you're playing a Cowboys team tonight that's won four straight against you. They've won 11 of the last 12 games against you. Dak Prescott of the Cowboys is 10-2 and two against you. If not now, then when for the Giants? There's no excuse for this team to not go out there if they're truly a team that could take a big step this year. No excuse for them not to win tonight. They loaded up at playmakers this offseason. Darren Waller's going to play tonight. Jalen Hyatt. Keep hearing how great he's looked this summer. Paris Campbell, they signed him. Barkley's here. He's not a distraction. I give Saquon credit. He didn't hold out. He showed up, and he's been a true pro. If not now, then win for the Giants, right? I think the Giants have a chance to win tonight. But why do I feel like it's too good to be true for me to pick them? They got to show me. I want to believe in this Giants team. I think they got a huge advantage at coach. But for everyone saying, oh, Daniel Jones is better than Dak, like Brandon Jacobs today with Ty Butler on the station, can Daniel Jones, I don't know, beat the Cowboys once with Dak at quarterback? He's never done it. Daniel Jones is 0-6 against the Dallas Cowboys when Dak Prescott's played quarterback. 
right? Daniel Jones is now making $40 million a year. Uh, what's the expectation for Daniel Jones? Am I allowed to expect him to go out there and at home win a game against a divisional opponent? I think that's a fair expectation. I mean, Giants fans, am I wrong? Am I, am I allowed to expect Daniel Jones to play well tonight? I expect him to play well against the Cowboys. I understand the Cowboys have a great defense. Micah Parsons could wreck the game at any moment. And I am worried about the Micah Parsons versus Evan Neal matchup tonight. Because if they line Parsons up against Neal, that, that does scare me a little bit. Daniel Jones is making $40 million now. I expect him to go out there, and I expect him to play well. I expect him to go out there and help lead this team to a win at home. That should be your expectation if you're a Giants fan. Because what good is it if you have the same exact year you had last year if the Eagles and Cowboys are still better than you? I know we've seen wild cards win Super Bowls. Hell, the Giants were a wild card in 2007 when they were 10-6 and six in the regular season. They went on the run and beat the, the Patriots. We all understand that. But that's, a, that, that's an anomaly. You know, the, the, the easiest way to go deep into the playoffs is to win your division and get a home game. Set yourself up. Look at the teams in the Super Bowl last year. It was the one seed in both conferences. So you would think this is the game that you would win if you're going to beat the Cowboys. You're at home. It's easier to win at home than it is on the road for obvious reasons. This crowd's going to be amped up tonight. Seems like the weather's going to hold off, at least early on, kind of looking at the forecast Giants fans. So if you're tailgating... Seems like you're going to be able to get some tailgating and some football in before the rain maybe starts towards the end of this game. You know, let's see the Giants make a statement, Todd. If you remember, last year at this time, the Giants in week one played the Tennessee Titans, and the statement they made by winning that game, the way Dable kind of reamed out Daniel Jones after a brutal turnover, and how Daniel Jones then locked in and played well down the stretch and led them on a game-winning drive, and Dable going for two with Barkley to set the tone for the season. I know it was just one game of 17, but that was a big game. That was a big deal for the Giants to win that game. Now they got to do it again tonight against a team that has owned them. There's no other way to say it. The Dallas Cowboys have owned the New York Giants. That has to change. I think the Giants have an edge at coaching, and that should matter with all this time to prepare for one team. But I have questions about Daniel Jones. I liked what he did last year. He deserves credit for what he did last year. I don't think anyone had the New York Giants having the year they had a season ago. Even if you're the biggest Giants homer out there, did you really think they were going to be a playoff team when they themselves didn't think they had their quarterback of the future? They declined Jones's fifth-year option, as we all remember. So what do you do for an encore? And sometimes it's tough when you, when you have a year that's unexpected, like what the Giants did. It's tough to then go out there and, and be better the following year. It's not easy. You look at the Yankees in 2017, they get to the ALCS seemingly out of nowhere. Well, then they go out there, they add Giancarlo Stanton. We're thinking this team's going to win multiple championships. They haven't won one, haven't even been to a World Series. Because when the expectations get raised and then you don't deliver, it's a lot harder as a sports fan. It hurts. But the Giants have now raised their own expectations based on how they have played. And they have to go out there, and they have to set the tone by winning tonight. Is their season over if they lose tonight? Of course not. It's one of 17. But I truly believe, Giants fans, and you tell me if I'm wrong, at 800-919-3776, last year's win over the Titans in week one set the tone for the season. Said that this is not going to be you know, the same Giants under Joe Judge or Pat Shermer. That this is not those Giants teams. This is a Giants team that is a legitimate 
operation again, right? They're not a championship contender just yet, but it made you feel like you had a coach. And in the NFL, you need two things to win. You need a coach, you need a quarterback. I think they got the coach. I like Daniel Jones. They now paid him, expecting him to kind of take that step forward towards being that quarterback. He now has to do it. Because there's no excuses for him anymore. Year two in the same offense. Barkley back. Waller healthy. Hyatt, Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard for now is actually healthy. We'll see how long that lasts. Time is now for the New York Giants. And I think they have a great chance to win tonight. But until they win, it's tough to pick them. But I think the Giants have not now than when is how I'd be looking at it if I was a fan of that team. 800-919-3776. Jet fans, Bilal Powell, former Jets running back, will be joining us coming up in about 15 minutes. He'll join us a little after, or a little before, I should say, 4.30. Bilal will be coming on our show. We've got a lot still to do. We'll take your calls. If you're driving to MetLife, if you're a Giants fan, what are you reasonably expecting from the Giants this season? You let me know, 800-919-3776. And if you tweet me at Jake Asman, J-A-K-E-A-S-M-A-N, we'll read some of your best tweets on the air as well. Jake Asman with you till 6 o'clock. Your football calls coming up next here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 98.7 ESPN tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. Looking at some of the scores from week one, how about some of the upsets we've had today on the schedule? The Niners, I don't know if this is a big upset, but I want to start there because this game has been over for a while. Final score, they go into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers 30-7. to 30-7. to The Niners with a statement. Some actual upsets. The Bucks and Baker Mayfield go on the road and beat Kirk Cousins and the Vikings 20-17. to Mike Evans scored a touchdown in this game, and I don't know if I'm making too much of this or not. He scores a touchdown, and he barely shows any emotion and just runs off to the sideline. Maybe taking a shot at the Buccaneers front office for not giving him a long-term contract extension, saying, hey, I'm still really good. How dare you not pay me? I don't know. That's one thing that stuck, stuck out to me there. Stood out to me there, I should say. And then maybe the biggest upset of the day, the Browns at home destroying the Bengals 24-3. Deshaun Watson was not good in this game. He did have a rushing touchdown, and he had one touchdown. But Deshaun Watson for the Browns was 16 of 29 for 154 yards. And the Browns won 24-3. I mean, Deshaun had like a Zach Wilson line, and the Browns still won 24-3. Joe Burrow today, you think he might still be hurt or rusty from not playing in the preseason? 14 of 31 for 82 yards. Has Joe Burrow ever played that bad at anything in his life? Think about that. The great Joe Burrow. And look, it's week one. We're going to overreact, right? Jet fans, you know how this goes. The Jets win tomorrow night. Ah, it's week one. It doesn't mean anything. If they lose, you know, the season's over. So I understand it's week one, and we all have hot takes and overreactions. But, man, the Bengals look terrible today. That is brutal. If you had the Ravens in your survivor pool like I did, they blow out the Texans 25-9 final score. And the Commanders do get a win over the Worst team, I think, in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals. Commanders won 20-16. to So if you had the Commanders in your survivor pool, which I believe that was the most popular week one survivor pick, you're alive for another week. Congratulations. It has gone final in New Orleans. The Saints have defeated the Titans 16-15. to Ryan Tannehill in this game was absolute trash. Jet fans, thank the Lord that the Jets did not have to settle for Ryan Tannehill. He was 16 of 34 
for 198 yards and three interceptions. A quarterback rating of 28. He stunk, but Derek Carr gets a win in his Saints debut. I mean, geez, Tannehill was awful. Ugh. That pretty much puts a wrap on the early window slate. Now to the 425 games, which are going to kick off shortly. You got Packers-Bears. I'm curious in that one, right? First game of Jordan Love as the starter post Aaron Rodgers against Justin Fields and the Bears. Let me say this about the Bears. They had a chance to take Bryce Young. They traded out of the number one pick, and they said we're sticking with Justin Fields. They better be right. Because I'm not sold Justin Fields is going to be a great quarterback. I know he's a great runner. But do we know Justin Fields could actually play the quarterback position? He's got more weapons. Year two in the same system. Let's see if Justin Fields is deserving of some of the hype we've seen for him uh, throughout the preseason. And then from a Packers standpoint, what do they look like? Here's how I, I see it going with the Green Bay Packers. I see the Green Bay Packers either having a great run with Jordan Love and he'll be the Jet quarterback in 2038, or he's going to be terrible and the Packer fan finally will get to experience quarterback hell because you've had 33 years in a row of Hall of Fame quarterback play with Favre and Rodgers, which disgusts me as a fan of a team that only knows god-awful quarterback play. Raiders-Broncos, we'll see the first game of Jimmy G in a Raiders uniform and Sean Payton as the Broncos coach. Eagles-Pats, Jets and Giants fans watching that game closely. Jets fans rooting for the Eagles. Giants fans rooting for the Patriots. And then Dolphins-Chargers. Tua versus Justin Herbert. Two guys that were a part of the same draft class that are always going to be compared to one another. Two playoff contending teams in the AFC. And then finally, the last four, uh, 425 game set the kickoff in a few minutes. Rams and Seahawks. Seahawks last year, no one had them going to the playoffs. Rams last year coming off their Super Bowl were terrible. No Cooper Cup. He's on IR for the first four games. Are the Rams going to be awful, or can Matt Stafford stay healthy and actually you know, get that team back to at least being competitive in a wide-open NFC? So that's kind of a quick preview there of the late window slate. And then, of course, as we all know, Giants tonight at home against the Cowboys, who are a three-point favorites at MetLife. I'm sure there will be a lot of Cowboys fans in the building. There always is, but the Giant fans should be loud tonight. After the season this team gave you a year ago, the Giant fans should be expecting to win tonight. You are allowed to expect to win if you're a Giant fan. It is time to finally beat the Dallas Cowboys. And one of the things with this Giants team that people point to and say this is why they're going to be better is the trade they made to get Darren Waller. And when you see Darren Waller pop up on Friday on the injury report with a hamstring, you get concerned because this is the guy that has dealt with several hamstring injuries in his career. It's been why he was available in the first place because he hasn't played. All right, he's missed like 50% of the games the last couple of years. But the Giants are hoping he's healthy and seemingly he's going to play tonight. Jordan Ronan, who covers the Giants for us here at ESPN, was on New York game day earlier, and this was Jordan talking about Darren Waller's status for this game tonight. 
Yeah, the expectation is that he's going to be able to play. Uh, that he's going to give it a go. But, you know, it's not the greatest sign in the world that a guy with hamstring injuries in the past now has at least some hamstring concern going into the opener. But from my understanding, this was something that occurred, you know, sometime between Wednesday and Friday. And the fact that he did go out there and he was still able to go and practice on Friday, they didn't, like, you know, they kind of held him back a little bit on Friday. The fact that he was able to go out there and do that and he came out pretty well is fairly good sign that you know he can contribute here in the way that the Giants are hoping for because let's be honest he's pegged to be their number one receiver and they're expecting big things from him the offense is not going to look like they had they, like they hope it's going to look the growth that they hope to make if Darren Waller's not there not 100 percent that concerns me for the Giants because I like Darren Waller a lot you know I, I actually had him on my fantasy team a couple of years ago like he helped me win the league because he came out of nowhere so I, I've always been a fan of Darren Waller but when a guy who's had a hamstring history Pops up on the injury report before a game's been played. You're going to be a little concerned. Now, if he's healthy tonight and he can go out there and help you win, you worry about the rest of the season when you get there. But Jordan is right. You know, so much of the Giants' improvements offensively, people reference Waller being a big factor. And if you read the reports from Giants camp all summer, he's been Daniel Jones' number one target by far. So what happens if he's not there? Well, then, you know, can you expect Jalen Hyatt as a rookie to be great right away? Can you expect Sterling Shepard to stay healthy? Is he the guy that's going to be your solution at receiver? You know, can you expect Paris Campbell to be a true difference maker? Like, they're definitely better at receiver, right? You're better when Kadarius Toney's not on your team. I'll tell you that much, Giants fan. Giants fans. My God. But there's still some questions with this team at the receiver spot. It's why I really think... If the Giants are going to be the team that people think can, you know, challenge the Cowboys, maybe the Eagles in that division, because the stat people want to give you is no team is repeated as NFC's champion since 05. If the Giants are going to be that type of team, you know what they need to do? They need to get top 10 quarterback play. Because say whatever you want about Dak Prescott, in the regular season, he's been better than Daniel Jones. And he has owned the Giants. And Jalen Hurts was second in MVP voting last year. If he didn't get hurt, he might have won it. Like, I know what the quarterbacks are in Philly and Dallas. I think Jalen Hurts, I know it's only been one year, but I don't know how you could watch last year and not think he's going to be very good for years to come. And I know Dak has had his issues. He had a lot of turnovers last year, but he still is a good quarterback. Right, playoffs aside, we know he struggled there. This guy has won a lot of games in the regular season. If the Giants want to get to the level of the Eagles, of the Cowboys who they play tonight, Daniel Jones making $40 million a year, Let's let's see something tonight. You know, beat the Cowboys for the first time in your career when Dak is on the other side. Because the only time the Giants have beaten the Cowboys with Jones at quarterback, Dak was out, he didn't play. And I'm a little concerned about Evan Neal tonight going up against Micah Parsons, but that's where I think maybe the Giants could take advantage of the Cowboys' injuries to their offensive line. You know, could we see Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence dominate up front, Right? Tyler Smith probably not playing at left guard tonight for Dallas. Can we see the Giants take advantage of that? You know, Dallas' line a little banged up right now. Look at their injury report. You know, can we see Kayvon Thibodeau wreck the game? Be a game wrecker? I mean, that's why you drafted him, right? The, the reason why people feel good about the Giants is, hey, their younger players will ascend with another year, another year of coaching with Brian Dable and his staff. So these are all the things you point to to try and convince yourself the Giants can take that step. Now they got to do it. 
Same thing with the Jets, right? I can convince myself the Jets are going to be really good. I have them winning the AFC East. What are they going to do it? And the time for talk finally is over. We get to watch the Giants tonight and then the Jets tomorrow night, both in primetime. Late window games just underway. We'll keep you up to date on that as we go. Joining us in the next segment, we'll get back to the Jets before we flip it over to your calls. Bilal Powell is going to be joining us. Played his entire career with Gang Green. He'll join us. We'll ask him about Aaron Rodgers. And I'm curious. I want to get his thoughts on the dynamic with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. Bilal, of course, a former RB. Certainly qualified to talk about that dynamic. Blah Powell, former Jets running back, will join us next. It's the Jake Asman Show till 6 o'clock. You're listening to 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. It started back in 2011 and it wrapped up after the 2019 season. Former Jets running back. Bilal Powell joins us here on the Jake Asman Show. Bilal, great to have you on. Great to catch up. Happy football season to you, and thanks so much for coming on the show for a few minutes today. Jake, thanks for having me, man. I'm looking forward to uh, getting the season started. No doubt about that. So our Jets start tomorrow night, a game you can listen to, of course, right here on the Jets flagship 98.7 ESPN New York. But interesting tie-in for you, Bilal, because the first game you ever appeared in, the first season of your NFL career, Opening night on September 11th back in 2011 against the Dallas Cowboys. And here we are now in 2023 where the Jets will open up once again in primetime on Monday Night Football. But take us back to that game against Dallas in 2011. What do you remember about the pregame ceremony? What do you remember about that entire experience? Uh, there were a lot of emotions involved in that game. Um, you, you're talking about just the passion from the fans, remembering the anniversary of uh, 9-11 and also playing a big game versus the Dallas Cowboys. They say America's team versus New York team. It couldn't get any better than that. And I think there was a lot of passion uh, on both sides, man, of the ball, a lot of emotions. Guys uh, just wanted to go out and, and just pretty much play for the country, put on a show for the country, uh, because that was more important than actually winning that game, was just uh, us coming together as a, as a country and just remembering that anniversary of 9-11. Blah, you could argue the Jets haven't had expectations this high since going into that 2011 season. I know you were a rookie, but the Jets were coming off back-to-back trips to the AFC title game. What do you think is the biggest key for this year's Jets team to be able to handle the massive expectations that are following them? I think you just calm down. You block out all the noise. I think this is the first time in a very long time where you're hearing the New York Jets being mentioned in Super Bowl contending and the roster that they have, the coach that they have, the quarterback that they have. I think on paper, player for player, I think the New York Jets have one of the best rosters in the National Football League. But the biggest thing that they need to do is just block out all the noise, put it together uh, every week, and hopefully be looking at a, a playoff spot later on this season. When you say block out the noise, I mean, obviously, I guess easier said than done in today's world of social media and 24-7 coverage. I mean, what did you do as a player to try and kind of block out that outside noise? I just focus on the building, guys in the locker room. That was the biggest thing. Win, lose, or draw. You just need to focus on what's going on in your room, on your team. Uh, and sometimes when, you, when I say block out the noise, I'm talking about family. I'm talking about fans. Uh, you, you just have to be ready to be focused and understand that everyone in that building are trying to head in the same direction. And the most important thing in that business is winning. And when you put all that other stuff aside, uh, you don't have as many distractions. and You can just go play football. So 
I think they have a great leader in Aaron Rodgers, a guy that can still make every throw. Uh, he's a, still a leader. I've seen him engaging with players when I had the chance to go uh, to training camp. But um, I, I'm like I said, I'm excited to see what this team put together. Former Jets running back Bilal Powell with us here on 98.7 ESPN. The Earth, Jake Asby with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Of course, NFL Week 1 in full swing, and the Jets and the Bills open up tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. Bilal, the, the idea that Aaron Rodgers is here for me as a diehard Jet fan, it still is so surreal. I, I mean, put yourself in the shoes of the players, right? What do you think is going through their mind when they see Rodgers come out of that tunnel tomorrow night do you think it's hit them because Aaron's been there so long already through OTAs and training camp or is it going to be surreal for the players when Aaron gets introduced tomorrow night and the Jet fans go absolutely crazy I don't think it hit him yet I think when they see that guy run out of the tunnel um, and then you know actually playing an entire game and just notice what they have in front of them I think right now those young guys don't really understand it until all the pieces are starting to be put together and you you, you see all the hard work from the offseason now it's starting to roll over to the season. You, you see this guy's leadership and his adjustments and him and his, uh, you know, talking to both sides of the ball. I don't think they realize that, right? And, and I think they need to soak up every moment of this because it's a privilege uh, to, to play in the National Football League. And I was, I was in, in, in this conversation when I was playing that Aaron Rodgers was my quarterback. Um, but, you know, they need to soak up that opportunity. You know, you know, not every team has an opportunity to play with a future Hall of Famer, a guy that's considered a franchise quarterback. So soak up every every opportunity that you get and just put it all together and go win some football games. What are your thoughts on the, the Jets running back situation? You're the perfect guy to ask. They, of course, have Brees Hall coming back from the torn ACL, and he looked phenomenal before he went down a year ago. And then they bring in Dalvin Cook late in the summer, and he apparently – is feeling really good and still has a lot left in the tank. Put yourself in the shoes of those guys. Kind of what is what is your thoughts on how the Jets might potentially use both Brees and Dalvin Cook? I, I like how the New York Jets signed Dalvin Cook, especially with a guy like Brees Hall coming off of an ACL injury from last year. Now you get a guy like Dalvin Cook who is proven to be able to be a, a top running back in his league. He can have a, the opportunity to go be a starter on any other team. You, you bring him in early in the season – and you take some of those carries off of Brees and you kind of slowly get Brees involved into the game plan. And those two guys are both explosive. Uh, I think when one guy comes in, one guy goes out, the defense cannot relax because both of those guys have that home run speed. And even like a guy with Michael Carter, he's a good backup running back that a lot of people, I think sometimes they overlook because of the signing of Dalvin Cook. So if you're talking about an injury, I think Michael Carter can make that, that, that fill in. For, for those guys. And uh, your biggest thing as a GM is injury is going to happen. So you want that injury, uh, you want that that, that margin of, of talent to be as small as possible. And I think uh, Michael Carter, Izzy, uh, those guys, they're talented running back group. Bilal Powell with us here on 98.7 ESPN. York Jake Asman with you until 6 o'clock. Bilal, when you look at Dalvin Cook, he already came out and said, hey, he's here to win. He's also here to help Brees Hall any way he could. I think there's an interesting parallel because back at the beginning of your career, you got a chance to overlap with LaDainian Tomlinson. So what did you learn from LT? And do you think a guy like Dalvin Cook, who's been a four-time pro bowler, could help a young guy like Brees Hall coming back from injury and, and give him some, you know, some tips, some advice, how he could continue to get better and better as a player? I just, you, you take it one practice at a time. Uh, I think the most important thing is practice. 
understanding and preparing for your for your opportunity at hand. Uh, the National Football League, the margin of talent is very small. So you have to depend on your preparation. And, and, and learning from an LT, he always taught me three things in progression. And I remember being a rookie and I was out there just running. He said, hey, you need to learn how to play fast, not in a hurry. And, and when you do that, the game is going to slow down for you. But in order to do that, you need to prepare like a professional. And I think he's just, he's just going to continue to in, in, embrace him. I think embrace that veteran role, even though he's still a guy that has a lot left in his tank. He's going to be extra eyes for Brees. I'm, I'm sure Brees is going to be open to ask questions. And I think uh, at the time of the career that Dalvin has, he's going to be open to answer those questions. And uh, like I said, man, those two are going to be uh, probably one of the best duos in, in the National Football League. Besides health, because I feel like that's said for every team. Oh, if this if this player stays healthy, if this team stays healthy, you know they could be good. But besides that, what to you are some of the biggest keys for the Jets to actually be a team that can contend for a Super Bowl? And, and how about this, Bilal? Dare I say, make the playoffs for the first time since 2010? It's all it's only been 13 years, but who's counting? Who's counting? It's besides the Jets fans. <laughs> uh, but I think the the big key is just continue to have that defense step up. I think if the defense can get off the field and put the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hands as many times as possible, I think that will give the Jets the best chance to win. Right? The defensive line is the the foundation of that defense. I think if those guys can create uh, the the hurry ups from the quarterbacks and the turn up, create the turnovers and put the ball back in in Aaron Rodgers' hands, and we all know right now, I think his favorite receiver is the talented Garrett Wilson. Uh, those two right there are going to be, you know, I think everybody's excited to watch that. But just put the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hands. I think you, the more opportunities you give him, uh, it gives you the best chance to win. You're a Louisville guy, Bilal, so obviously I'm sure you followed the career up close of Makai Becton. What does it mean to you to see him out there as the starting right tackle now for this team? And do you think Makai has a chance to probably prove a lot of people wrong that he can be a long-term answer on this offensive line going forward? Yeah, Makai Beckman, I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, you know, dealing with injuries and, and, and you, you know, you try to block out those noise, that noise, and, and you try to stay focused and understand that you still love the game and, you know, all these people are building these opinions about you. I'm just happy that he got healthy and he's back in the starting lineup because I know what that can do to your confidence. And being in New York, we all know it's a hate-or-love relationship with that fan base. And I, I'm just happy to, to to see him back in the starting lineup. I do think he adds a lot of value to that offensive line. And I do think that uh, the way he's built, his, his athletic ability, his size, he's going to be able to uh, he's going to be able to help in the run in the pass game for the New York Jets. I would love to see Bilal Powell get a chance to run uh, run behind AVT and Makai Becton on that jet right side of the offensive line, huh? I wish, man. I don't think I don't have any left in the tank. All right. <laughs> I'm excited to just watch Dalvin and the Brees Hall run the ball. Bilal Powell joining us here for a couple more minutes on the Jake Asbury Show on 98.7 ESPN New York. How about the Giants, Bilal? They played tonight, of course, against the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. And the big story with the Giants was, well, what are they going to do with Saquon Barkley and that contract standoff? He ends up just taking basically a revised deal that's essentially the franchise tag. As a former running back, what were your thoughts on, on how that unfolded and obviously just the conversation going on across the NFL on the you know devalue, so to speak, of that position as a whole? I think, without being biased, I think the, the running back market is very undervalued. Uh, being a guy that 
played it for nine years. I, th I think when you're talking about a guy that can pass protect, a guy that can catch out of the backfield, a guy that can run in between the tackles, outside of the tackles, line up outside, that to me adds value. And outside of the center and the quarterback, the running back touches the ball the most. So I think when you look at it, they, they contribute most of the yards for the offensive season. So when you look at that, how are running backs devalued the way they are? Undervalued, underpaid, and, you know, I hate it for guys like Dalvin Cook, guys like Saquon Barkley, uh, Jonathan Taylor, guys who have played at an elite level that feel they need to be paid more because of what they're doing for their team. So to see Saquon go, to the, go through the situation that he's going through, you know, it, I'm upset for him. Uh, but honestly, I think his opportunity will come. He has to continue to just take it one day at a time, and I think it'll all pay off in the end. Does it ever swing back, you think, at some point? Because we see the game continue to evolve all the time. Do you think at some point maybe the you know the running back position in, in pro football is going to get back to being one of the more expensive positions on the field? I think it'll evolve back to it. Uh, I think right now the, it's more of a passing league, more of a running back committee type of thing. I think it'll, it'll slowly get back to that market. We see every year one mark is higher than the other. But I do think that the running back market will get back to being that the stepping stone and understanding that the running back is the foundation of the offense. We'll get you out of here on this as we talk with Bilal Powell, former New York Jets running back, kind enough with his time here on 98.7 ESPN. Bilal, your Super Bowl pick. Do you have our Jets finally getting into the game and winning the whole thing? I do. I do. When you talk about it, and everybody might think I'm crazy for saying it or or seeing New York Jet fans are going insane about Aaron Rodgers. Now they're, you know, they're delusional. But when you're talking about a Super Bowl contending team, you talk about a top five defense like the New York Jets. You talk about a future Hall of Famer quarterback in, in, in Aaron Rodgers and a very talented uh, skill position. Guys like Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, Garrett Wilson, uh, you know, these guys that can help you win. You know, and, and I think all the pieces are set up. And if they're able to put these pieces together, I think it's going to be something to watch uh, for this year. You know how crazy us Jet fans are, Bilal. So could you imagine a, a Jets Super Bowl parade? I mean, could you imagine what that will look like? I, I can't imagine, but I'll be there. <laughs> He's Bilal Powell, former Jets running back, played his entire nine-year NFL career with the team. Kind enough with his time here on a Sunday as the Jets and Bills will get things going about that night football tomorrow night. Bilal, you are the absolute best. Thanks so much for a couple minutes today. Enjoy the rest of the games going on, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Jake. Thanks for having me, man. Have a good he one. He's Bilal Powell. My name is Jake Asman. We'll take a quick break and continue. It's the Jake Asman Show till 6 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN New York.